Moroni has to finish his father's record since Mormon has died. Moroni teaches that God is unchangeable and is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But Joseph Smith strongly disagrees. Who will judge us at the last day? Will it be a hierarchy of judges or only Jesus Christ? What happens to those who criticize the Book of Mormon? Hi, I'm Max. Welcome to the Come Follow Me podcast. This review covers the lesson plan for Mormon chapters 7 through 9. Please subscribe to be notified of our upcoming videos. For the sake of time, I will not cite all the parallel phrases and words from the New Testament that are in the Book of Mormon text. While it can be argued that some of the parallels are coincidental, most are so strong that it is impossible to not conclude that their true source is from the King James Bible. For a complete transcript of this lesson, please click on the link in the description below. Mormon 7. This is the last chapter Mormon will write in his abridged record. Mormon 7 verses 1-2 through two. In this short chapter, Mormon invites the Lamanites of the latter days, the modern Native Americans, to believe in Christ and be saved. And now, behold, I would speak somewhat unto the remnant of this people who are spared, if it so be that God may give unto them my words, that they may know of the things of their fathers. Yea, I speak unto you, ye remnant of the house of Israel, and these are the words which I speak. Know ye that ye are of the house of Israel. Of course, we now have DNA evidence that proves they are not descendants of Jewish heritage, but instead they are of Asian descent. Verse 3. Know ye that ye must come unto repentance, or ye cannot be saved. The words quote unto repentance are in Matthew 3.11. Mormon 7 verses 4 through 5. Know ye that ye must lay down your weapons of war, and delight no more in the shedding of blood, and take them not again, save it be that God shall command you. Know ye that ye must come to the knowledge of your fathers, and repent of all your sins and iniquities, and believe in Jesus Christ, that he is the Son of God, and that he was slain by the Jews, and by the power of the Father he hath risen again, whereby he hath gained the victory over the grave, and also in him is the sting of death swallowed up. Victory over the grave and sting of death are statements made by the Apostle Paul, and being copied here by Moroni and back in Mosiah 16, 7-8 by Abinadi. The phrase, quote, come to the knowledge of is in 2 Timothy 3, 7, and, quote, risen again is in Matthew 17, 9, and, quote, the sting of death is taken from 1 Corinthians 15, 56. Mormon 7, 6. And he bringeth to pass the resurrection of the dead, whereby man must be raised to stand before his judgment seat. The phrase, quote, the resurrection of the dead, is from Matthew 22:31, Mormon 7, verse 7, speaking of the atonement, And he hath brought to pass the redemption of the world, whereby he that is found guiltless before him at the judgment day, hath it given unto him to dwell in the presence of God in his kingdom, to sing ceaseless praises with the choirs above, unto the Father, and unto the Son, and unto the Holy Ghost which are one God, in a state of happiness which hath no end. Again, it's speaking of a monotheistic God. Verse 8. Therefore repent, and be baptized in the name of Jesus, and lay hold upon the gospel of Christ, which shall be set before you, not only in this record, but also in the record which shall come unto the Gentiles from the Jews, which record shall come from the Gentiles unto you. 
He is speaking of both the Book of Mormon and the Bible to the Lamanites in the latter days. They may find the gospel in both books. The phrase, quote, repent and be baptized is in Acts 2.38. Mormon 7.9. Then, speaking of the Book of Mormon and the Bible, For behold, this is written for the intent that ye may believe that. And if ye believe that, ye will believe this also. And if ye believe this, ye will know concerning your fathers, and also the marvelous works which were wrought by the power of God among them. In other words, the Book of Mormon will bear witness to the truths that are in the Bible, and vice versa. The heading summary of chapter 7 states, quote, Mormon invites the Lamanites of latter days to believe in Christ, accept his gospel, and be saved. All who believe in the Bible will also believe in the Book of Mormon, end quote. The idea that the Native Americans will have the Bible and the Book of Mormon, which was once considered to be about their ancestors, whereupon they will join the church. However, not only does every single word of Native North, Central, and South American history, myth or legend, completely contradict the Book of Mormon, they also contradict Christianity and Judaism. Mormon 7.10 And ye will also know that ye are a remnant of the seed of Jacob. Therefore, ye are numbered among the people of the first covenant. And if it so be that ye believe in Christ and are baptized, first with water, then with fire and with the Holy Ghost, following the example of our Savior, according to that which he hath commanded us, it shall be well with you in the day of judgment. The words, quote, the first covenant are in Hebrews 9.1, and, quote, that ye believe are in John 6.29, and, quote, in the last day of judgment, are in Matthew 10.15. Mormon chapters 8 and 9. Moronite will finish his father's book. The year is about A.D. 420. He continues the abridgment of the large plates of Nephi. He will also abridge 24 gold plates, which will be the book of Ether, and then finish his own counsel in the book of Moroni. The word behold is used 28 times here in chapter 8. Mormon chapter 8 verses 1 through 2. Behold I, Moroni, to finish the record of my father Mormon. Behold, I have but few things to write, which things I have been commanded by my father. And now it came to pass, that after the great and tremendous battle at Camorah, behold, the Nephites, who had escaped into the country southward, were hunted by the Lamanites, until they were all destroyed. Those twenty-three Nephites and Mormon who survived the battle at Hill Camorah were eventually hunted down and killed by the Lamanites. Verse 3. And my father also was killed by them. And I even remain alone to write the sad tale of the destruction of my people. But behold, they are gone, and I fulfill the commandment of my father. And whether they will slay me, I know not. It must have been extremely lonely for Moroni. Moroni 8, verses 4 through 5. Therefore I will write and hide up the records in the earth, and whither I go, it mattereth not. Behold, my father hath made this record, and he hath written the intent thereof. And behold, I would write it also, if I had room upon the plates, but I have not, and or I have none, for I am alone. My father hath been slain in battle, and all my kinsfolk, and I have not friends nor whither to go, and how long the Lord will suffer that I may live I know not. He wonders for at least twenty-one more lonely years. Interesting, the word kinfolk in this verse has its beginning in the 15th century from the Middle English term kinsfolk, 
meaning family or kinsman. So for Moroni to be writing this word on the plates in his day was totally anachronistic. The best explanation for why kinsfolk shows up in the Book of Mormon is that Joseph Smith unwittingly used the term that was commonly used in his day in New York. Verses 6-7 through Moroni is astonished at how the Lamanites completely destroyed the Nephites. Verses 8-9, through he then says something surprising. And behold, it is the hand of the Lord which hath done it. In other words, it's all the Lord's fault. And behold, also the Lamanites are at war one with another, and the whole face of this land is one continual round of murder and bloodshed, and no one knoweth the end of the war. And now behold, I say no more concerning them, for there are none, save it be the Lamanites and robbers, that do exist upon the face of the land. Verse 10. Mormon informs the reader that there are no more true believers besides himself and the three Nephites who are roaming around somewhere. Verse 11. He says that his father, Mormon, and himself have seen the three Nephites who ministered to them. Verse 12. Next, Mormon invites those who have received the Book of Mormon to refrain from criticizing it for any imperfections in it. And whoso receiveth this record, and shall not condemn it because of the imperfections which are in it, the same shall know of greater things than these. Behold, I am Moroni, and were it possible, I would make all things known unto you. But it is difficult to read the current Book of Mormon alongside the 1830 edition and not notice the imperfections, mistakes, and changes in the text. I have pointed out these mistakes and changes in each of our lessons. The phrase, quote, greater things than these, is from John 1.50. Mormon 8.13 Behold, I make an end of speaking concerning this people. I am the son of Mormon, and my father was a descendant of Nephi. Verse 14. Next, Mormon tells the reader about the future of the gold plates. And I am the same who hideth up this record unto the Lord. The plates thereof are of no worth because of the commandment of the Lord. For he truly saith that no one shall have them to get gain. But the record thereof is of great worth. And whoso shall bring it to light, him will the Lord bless. He explains that the gold plates have no monetary value because God will never allow anyone to obtain them in order to gain wealth. And the Lord will bless whoever finds and translates the plates. LDS Church History records that during one of the angel Moroni's visits to Joseph Smith, he warned that Satan would tempt Joseph to use the plates for getting rich and to relieve his family's poor financial situation. See Joseph Smith History 146. Verse 15. Mormon explains that the only way the gold plates will come forth to the world will be through the gift and power of God. For none can have power to bring it to light, save it be given him of God. For God wills that it shall be done with an eye single to his glory, or the welfare of the ancient and long-dispersed covenant people of the Lord. For the benefit of scattered Israel. Verse 16, speaking of Joseph Smith, And blessed be he that shall bring this thing to light, for it shall be brought out of darkness unto light, according to the word of God. Yea, it shall be brought out of the earth, and it shall shine forth out of darkness, and come unto the knowledge of the people, and it shall be done by the power of God. The phrase, quote, come unto the power of the, is in 1 Timothy 2.4, and quote, the power of God, is in 1 Peter 1.5. Joseph Smith claimed, quote, through the medium of the Urim and Thummim, I translated the record by the gift and power of God. 
See History of the Church, Volume 4, page 537. Mormon 8:17. Now Moroni cautions against being critical of the Book of Mormon because of what would be considered to be faults in it. And if there be faults, they be the faults of a man. But behold, we know no fault. Nevertheless, God knoweth all things. Therefore, he that condemneth, let him be aware, lest he shall be in danger of hell fire. That is a threat to anyone who criticizes the Book of Mormon. God might just send them to hell. The words, quote, nevertheless God, are in 2 Corinthians 7, 6, and, quote, shall be in danger of hellfire, are in Matthew 5, 22. Nephi had said the same thing in 2 Nephi 33, verse 1 and verse 11. These faults had reference to the writer's perceived inability to communicate in writing as fully as they would like to. Verse 18. Moroni warns against those who would try to force Joseph Smith to show them the plates, or to take them from him. And he that saith, Show unto me, or ye shall be smitten, let him beware, lest he commandeth that which is forbidden of the Lord. Mormon 8, 19-21 Moroni continues his warning to anyone who chooses to fight the spread of the Mormon gospel in the last days. Verse 21, the phrase, quote, Hewn down and cast into the fire, is taken from Matthew 3.10. Mormon 8, 22 for the eternal purposes of the Lord shall roll on, until all his promises shall be fulfilled. Verses 23 through 24. At this point, Moroni shifts to a description of when the record shall come forth. The saints who have gone before will, in accordance with the prophecy of Isaiah, cry out from the dust unto the Lord, who will remember his covenants, for he knows their faith, a faith that fuels a variety of miraculous activities. Verse 24. In the 1830 edition, page 533, it read, quote, They were in the behalf of their brethren. In later editions, the was deleted. The words, quote, remove mountains are in 1 Corinthians 13, 2. Verse 25. The ancient prophets prayed on behalf of the one that the Lord shall suffer to bring these things forth, meaning Joseph Smith. Supposedly, they knew him and were aware of his calling in bringing forth the Book of Mormon. Verses 26 to 28. The record will come from the earth in a day when miracles are thought to have ceased, when the power of God is denied, when churches are defiled and lifted up with pride, when there are earthquakes, wars, rumors of wars in foreign lands, great pollution upon the earth, and when churches are built up for gain. Mormon 8.28 In the 1830 edition, page 534, it read, quote, Churches become defiled and shall be lifted up. End quote which was changed in later editions to omit the word shall. The words, quote, shall come in a day when, are in Matthew 24, 50. Verses 29-31. There will be many natural disasters. Many people will be bound by the chains of sin. Verse 30. The phrase, quote, earthquakes in diverse places is from Matthew 24, 7. Mormon 8, 31. The phrase, quote, do this and do that is similar to James 4, 15. And, quote, are in the gall of bitterness and in bonds of iniquity, is from Acts 8.23. Mormon 8.32. Speaking of the Book of Mormon, Yea, it shall come in a day when there shall be churches built up that shall say, Come unto me, and for your money you shall be forgiven of your sins. Similar to, quote, Come unto me, and for your money you shall obtain a temple recommend. End quote. Mormon 8.33. O ye wicked and perverse and stiff-necked people, why have ye built up churches unto yourselves to get gain? 
Why have ye transfigured the holy word of God, that ye might bring damnation upon your souls? Behold, look ye unto the revelations of God. For behold, the time cometh at that day when all these things must be fulfilled. I have to admit the Book of Mormon makes it very clear that the church leaders were to support themselves. As we have already covered in previous lessons, this same policy does not apply to the current 15 apostles and prophets in the LDS Church. They all receive at least six-figure annual incomes as well as travel expenses and many more perks. See mormonleaks.io. Links are in the description. The LDS leaders were always quick to criticize churches that have a paid clergy, believing that paid ministers will succumb to greed and serve their own self-interests. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has amassed at least $100 billion in tithing donations from its members. And that is not counting all the real estate holdings and investments. See the Wall Street Journal article, February 8, 2020. The Mormon Church amassed $100 billion. It was the best-kept secret in the investment world. Mormon 8.34 Behold, the Lord hath shown unto me great and marvelous things concerning that which must shortly come, at that day when these things shall come forth among you. The words, quote, which must shortly come, are in Revelation 1.1. Mormon 8.35 Next, Moroni tells the reader that he has seen our day. Behold, I speak unto you as if ye were present, and yet ye are not. But behold, Jesus Christ hath shown you unto me, and I know your doing. Verses 36-37 Specifically, Moroni knows of the pride of their hearts, their fine apparel, and the adorning of their churches, while they neglect the poor, needy, sick, and afflicted. Mormon 8.38 O ye pollutions, ye hypocrites, ye teachers, who sell yourselves for that which will canker, why have ye polluted the holy church of God? Why are ye ashamed to take upon you the name of Christ? Why do ye not think that greater is the value of an endless happiness than that misery which never dies, because of the praise of the world? Verses 39-40, Mormon criticizes those who are concerned about material things than taking care of the needy and sick and the widows and orphans. Mormon 8.41 Behold, the sword of vengeance hangeth over you, and the time soon cometh that he avengeth the blood of the saints upon you, for he will not suffer their cries any longer. The phrase, quote, the blood of the saints, is from Revelation 17.6. Mormon 9. This last chapter of Mormon is written by his son Moroni. The word behold is used 19 times in this chapter. Mormon 9, verse 1. And now I speak also concerning those who do not believe in Christ. So he is speaking to the doubters and unbelievers. The words, quote, do not believe in, are in Romans 5.31. Mormon 9.2 Behold, will ye believe in the day of your visitation? Behold, when the Lord shall come, yea, even that great day, when the earth shall be rolled together as a scroll, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Yea, in that great day, when ye shall be brought to stand before the Lamb of God, then will ye say that there is no God? Will such people then believe at Christ's second coming? The phrase, quote, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, is from 2 Peter 3.10, and, quote, the Lamb of God is in John 1.29. Mormon 9.3 Then will ye longer deny the Christ, or can ye behold the Lamb of God? Do ye suppose that ye shall dwell with him under a consciousness of your guilt? 
Do ye suppose that ye could be happy to dwell with that holy being, when your souls are racked with a consciousness of guilt that ye have ever abused his laws? Verses 4 through 5. Next, Moroni teaches that it would not be merciful to the wicked to allow them to live with God. Behold, I say unto you, that ye would be more miserable to dwell with a holy and just God under a consciousness of your filthiness before him than ye would to dwell with the damned souls in hell. For behold, when ye shall be brought to see your nakedness before God, and also the glory of God and the holiness of Jesus Christ, it will kindle a flame of unquenchable fire upon you. The words, quote, unquenchable fire are in Matthew 3.12. Mormon 9.6. Here comes another verse with racist undertones. O then ye unbelieving, turn ye unto the Lord. Cry mightily unto the Father in the name of Jesus, that perhaps ye may be found spotless, pure, fair, and white, having been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb at that great and last day. Emphasis on being fair and white. The phrase, quote, by the blood of the Lamb is in Revelation 12.11. Mormon 9.7 And again I speak unto you who deny the revelations of God and say that they are done away, that there are no revelations, nor prophecies, nor gifts, nor healing, nor speaking with tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. The phrase, quote, speaking with tongues is in 1 Corinthians 14.6, and, quote, the interpretation of tongues is in 1 Corinthians 12.10. Mormon 9.8 Behold, I say unto you, he that denieth these things knoweth not the gospel of Christ. Yea, he has not read the scriptures. If so, he does not understand them. The words, quote, he that denieth are in Luke 12, 11, and, quote, the gospel of Christ are in Romans 15, 19. Mormon 9, verse 9. For do we not read that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and in him there is no variableness, neither shadow of changing? The phrase, quote, the same yesterday, today, and forever is in Hebrews 13, 8, and, quote, is no variableness, neither shadow of, is from James 1, 17. Mormon 9, 10. And now if ye have imagined up unto yourselves a God who doth vary, and in whom there is shadow of changing, then have ye imagined up unto yourselves a God who is not a God of miracles. Is the LDS God an exalted man who continues his progression? There are difference of opinions on this doctrine, even within the top leaders of the LDS Church. This verse, along with others in the Book of Mormon, see Mosiah 3.5, Mosiah 3.8, and Moroni 8.18, are a problem for Latter-day Saints, since they do not teach that today. They teach that God was once a man, who progressed until he reached godhood. Joseph Smith invented that notion in 1844, when he gave the king full at discourse. Ignoring these Book of Mormon passages, Smith said, quote, We have imagined and supposed that God was from all eternity. I will refute that idea and take away the veil so that you may see. Where did we imagine and suppose this? From the very book we are studying, the Book of Mormon. Mormon 9, verse 11. But behold, I will show unto you a God of miracles, even the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And it is that same God who created the heavens and the earth, and all things that in them are. According to the Bible, the Word, Jesus, created everything on earth and in the heavens. The phrase, quote, the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob is from Matthew 22:32, and quote, God who created is in Ephesians 3, 9. Mormon 9, verse 12. 
In this verse, the Word also created Adam. Behold, he created Adam, and by Adam came the fall of man. And because of the fall of man came Jesus Christ, even the Father and the Son. And because of Jesus Christ came the redemption of man. It is stated here that Jesus Christ is both the Father and the Son. The words, quote, the Father and the Son are in 2 John 1.9. In the 1830 edition, page 536, it read, quote, He created Adam. But the spelling was changed in later editions to read, quote, He created Adam. Jesus Christ, being referred to as both the Father and the Son, has been taught to us before in the Book of Mormon. See 2 Nephi 11.7, Mosiah 3.8, Mosiah 7.7, Mosiah 15.3, and Helaman 14.12. Remember in the introductory pages of the Book of Mormon lesson, we read from the title page, written by Moroni, what the purpose of the Book of Mormon was. And also to the convincing of the Jew and Gentile that Jesus is the Christ, the eternal God. I will bet most Latter-day Saints today would tell you otherwise that eternal God is referring to Heavenly Father. Always keep in mind that Joseph Smith was monotheistic in his beliefs when he wrote or translated the Book of Mormon. In 1 Nephi 11.21, And the angel said unto me, Behold the Lamb of God, yea, even the Son of the Eternal Father. In the 1830 edition, page 25, quote, And the angel said unto me, Behold the Lamb of God, yea, the Eternal Father. End quote. That was changed in later editions to The Son of the Eternal Father. Mormon 913. Moroni teaches that all mortals will be redeemed from physical death by the resurrection of Christ. Mormon 914. Here Moroni teaches that Christ will be our final judge. And then cometh the judgment of the Holy One upon them. And then cometh a time that he that is filthy shall be filthy still. And he that is righteous shall be righteous still. He that is happy shall be happy still. And he that is unhappy shall be unhappy still. But in various passages, we are told that the twelve Nephite disciples will judge us. See Third Nephi 27 verse 27 as well as the twelve Jewish apostles. See Mormon 3, verses 18-19. through 19. Brigham Young in Journal of Discourses, Volume 7, page 289, said, quote, No man or woman in this dispensation will ever enter into the celestial kingdom of God without the consent of Joseph Smith. Every man and woman must have a certificate of Joseph Smith, Jr. as a passport to their entrance. I cannot go there without his consent. He reigns there as supreme a being in his sphere, capacity, and calling as God does in heaven. End quote. Mormon 9, verses 15 through 18. Moroni continues to teach that God has not ceased being a God of miracles. Verse 15, in the 1830 edition, page 536, it read, quote, All these things passed, spelled P-A-S-T. But the spelling and meaning was changed in later editions to read, quote, All these things passed spelled P-A-S-S-E-D. Mormon 9, verse 19. And if there were miracles wrought then, why has God ceased to be a God of miracles, and yet be an unchangeable being? And behold, I say unto you, He changeth not. If so, He would cease to be God, and He ceaseth not to be God, and is a God of miracles. So Moroni has made his point that miracles will never cease. But Joseph Smith has argued that God is an unchangeable being. Verse 20, But Moroni explains that there have been and will be times when there are no miracles. 
And the reason why he ceaseth to do miracles among the children of men is because that they dwindle in unbelief and depart from the right way and know not the God in whom they should trust. Verse 21. If you believe in Christ, whatsoever you ask for will be given to you. The words, quote, doubting nothing, are in Acts 10.20. Mormon 9.22. For behold, thus said Jesus Christ, the Son of God, unto his disciples who should tarry, yea, and also to all his disciples in the hearing of the multitude, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. The phrase, quote, Go ye into the world, and preach the gospel to every creature, is taken from Mark 16.15. Mormon 9.23. And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. This verse is copied from Mark 16, verse 16. Mormon 9, 24. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Try to remember when the last time a Latter-day Saint cast out devils, or spoke in tongues, or handled serpents, or drank poison without harm. Does that sound like practical advice? This verse is taken from the added ending in Mark's Gospel. See Mark 16, verses 15 through 18. Mormon 9, verse 25. And whosoever shall believe in my name, doubting nothing, unto him will I confirm all my words, even unto the ends of the earth. The phrase, quote, believe in my name, is in Mark 16, 17, and, quote, doubting nothing, is in Acts 10, 20, Mormon 9, 26. Moroni has a warning to those who would scoff and mock the truth he is presenting. The words, quote, wanderer and perish, are in Acts 13, 41. Verse 27. He tells the reader to ask the Father in the name of Jesus for anything they need, and to work out your own salvation. The phrase, quote, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling is copied from Philippians 2.12. The key to this passage is that we work out our salvation, not work for our salvation. Once we believe in Christ, we are saved and receive our salvation. Then it is our opportunity to work out or to live out our salvation. The earliest interpretation of this verse is that a person is saved on the basis of his or her own works. Paul is not instructing them to work for their salvation, but to work out their salvation. Salvation comes by putting our faith in Jesus Christ, who did the work for us. In John 6.29 it says, Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he has sent. Christ alone is the basis for our salvation. Only those who believe on him as Savior and Lord are doing the work of God. It is the Lord who produces good works and spiritual fruit of love in the lives of believers. Mormon 9.28 He says to be wise and strip yourselves of all uncleanliness, yield to no temptation, and serve the true and living God. The words, quote, of all uncleanliness are in Matthew 23.27, and, quote, that ye may consume it on your lusts, are from James 4.3. Mormon 9.29 See that ye are not baptized unworthily, See that ye partake not of the sacrament of Christ unworthily, but see that ye do all things in worthiness, and do it in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. And if ye do this, and endure to the end, ye will in no wise be cast out. 
the phrase, quote, the name of Jesus Christ is in 1 Corinthians 1 2. Mormon 9, verse 30. Moroni reminds the reader that he knows us. Behold, I speak unto you as though I spake from the dead, for I know that ye shall have my words. The words, quote, from the dead are in Matthew 14, 2. In the 1830 edition, page 538, it read, quote, Ye shall hear my words, which is changed in later editions to read, quote, Ye shall have my words. Mormon 9, 31-33. He asked for patience with the imperfections in his writings. Condemn me not because of mine imperfection, neither my father because of his imperfection, neither them who have written before him, but rather give thanks unto God that he hath made manifest unto you our imperfections, that ye may learn to be more wise than we have been. And now, behold, we have written this record according to our knowledge in the characters which are called among us the Reformed Egyptian, being handed down and altered by us according to our manner of speech. And if our plates had been sufficiently large, we should have written in Hebrew, but the Hebrew hath been altered by us also. And if we could have written in Hebrew, behold, ye would have had no imperfection in our record. Considering these people had been in the New World for many hundreds of years, and supposedly wrote in Reformed Egyptian as they went along, the question is, who still spoke and wrote in Hebrew, which would have been the language of the brass plates? No civilization anywhere in the Americas has ever been discovered where the root of their language compares with Hebrew. Nephi said in 1 Nephi 1-2, Yea, I make a record in the language of my father, which consists of the learning of the Jews and the language of the Egyptians. This verse, along with Mosiah 1-4, declares that the native language of the Hebrews between 600 B.C. and 130 B.C. was Egyptian. However, Mormon 932 in 400 AD differs in saying that it was Reformed Egyptian. Egyptian is a strange language for an Israelite to write in. Jews hated Egyptians, and it therefore seemed inconceivable that a true Jew would speak anything other than his mother's tongue, which is Hebrew. Hebrew people had not spoken any Egyptians since Moses led the Hebrews out of Egypt many centuries earlier and biblical experts in Semitic languages find no evidence of the existence of Reformed Egyptian. Mormon 9.34 But the Lord knoweth the things which we have written, and also that none other people knoweth our language. And because that none other people knoweth our language, therefore he hath prepared means for the interpretation thereof. He is referring to Urim and Thummim. See Mosiah 8.13. Mormon 9.35-36 and these things are written, that we may rid our garments of the blood of our brethren, who have dwindled in unbelief. And behold, these things which we have desired concerning our brethren, yea, even their restoration to the knowledge of Christ, are according to the prayers of all the saints who have dwelt in the land. The phrase, quote, the knowledge of Christ, is in Philippians 3.8, and, quote, the prayers of all the saints is in Revelation 8.3. Mormon 9.37 and may the Lord Jesus Christ grant that their prayers may be answered according to their faith. And may God the Father remember the covenant which he hath made with the house of Israel. And may he bless them forever through faith on the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. This concludes our study for today. Please subscribe so you won't miss any of our future episodes. You can catch us on YouTube, Apple Podcast, Spotify, and Google Podcast. 
or you can go to our website at talkingofmormons.com, where you can download this script and learn much more. Remember, Jesus is enough. God bless.